What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is an actor you know from One Night in Miami, Peaky Blinders, and Barbie. He now stars in Bob Marley, One Love. With Jarman, the thing that Jarman was a thing of the past. With Jarman. Please welcome to The Late Show, Kingsley Ben-Adir. Oh, wow. Uh, lovely to have you on. Yes. Always nice to meet one of the Kens. Yes. And, uh, but more importantly, uh, it was at, uh, just last night. You just came in. Bob Marley, One Love, premiered in Jamaica. Here you are with uh, Bob Marley's son, Ziggy, right there. Yes. What was it like? How did that feel to, to spend to spend that moment with his family? Oh man, it's been a it's been a really surreal couple of days. It's, it was yeah. probably one of the most like beautiful moments like of my life. You know, there's something. Bob is so loved in that country. Mm -hmm. There is no street you can go down where there is not a picture of him or a plaque of him or mm -hmm. he's everywhere. And like everyone loves Bob. Bob's loved all around the world, but in Jamaica it's really specific. So you shot it. some of it there too. We right? did, yeah. We were in London for seven weeks, and then we were in Jamaica for seven weeks. And so, and did you did you get to go some of the places he went? Did you see like his life? Oh my god, yeah. yeah, yeah. From 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 the beginning, it was really the the process was really. I auditioned, and then I felt like I was spending time with the family immediately. Mm -hmm. So the, the family were really a part of my process and getting to know Bob and understand him and who he was. What was your understanding or your experience of Bob Marley before this? Because he's a brilliant artist, obviously, you know, genius is someone who changes their art forever after they yeah. do it, and he certainly did. And he was also a spiritual figure yeah. for people. What, what was your understanding of it? I think I just knew, I think I knew all the hit songs, like a lot of the world, you know, I knew all mm -hmm. the, the big tunes, you know, like Stand Up For Your Rights and mm -hmm. No Woman No Cry and all of, sure. all of that. But within a few weeks, it was, uh, 
it was a full immersion into kind of getting to know him as a man and as a human being. And yeah, I spent time with like a lot of his his friends who he'd known when he was 14. Mm -hmm. There was a guy called Lego, who uh, who I saw last night actually, and like a year ago. He took me to Orange Street in the studio and just walked me around the neighborhood and said, this is where Bob wrote this song. This is where he recorded that. So it was like, I was really there with them all, you know? And I went to Bob's mom's house um, in Miami and there was a guy there called Lenny Dredd. Yeah. And Lenny had been working in the house from the early 70s and he was still working there. And so I spent four hours with him and he took me into Bob's room. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. The whole, pro that was what was so unique about it, it was like, the, the, the process of finding Bob was with them. There was like a community. I, I, I knew I needed so much help because you can, you can read all the books, but it's only when you, you talk to the people who really knew him um, and people who knew him before he was famous. And I, it's so surreal. I don't think, I've, honestly, I don't think it's sunk in yet. You know, I still look at Ziggy and I'm like, we, we just made a movie about your dad, you yeah. know? As an I, artist yourself, when you go see um, the place, uh, the situation, the friends that a great artist was in when mm -hmm. he created his art, how, how do you feel when you're there? Because every artist has their own process. Um, does it inspire you or...? or... I, th I think it depends on the location. Like, I went to Hope Road and it sort of turned into a museum. So I spent a little bit of time in there and it was nice to get a sense of how big the house was, you know. I was like, Bob moved from the ghetto mm -hmm. all the way up to the, you know, the top of the hills, you know. He was living by the presidents. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to his first bedroom then, there's no woman, no cry, where he talks about the government yard. Um, there's, there's, you can, go, you can go to Trenchtown and you can go and see the room and where Georgie lit the fire and like the whole of No Woman, No Cry, you can see where he, uh, where that, where he took the inspiration from. But yeah, I went to his house in Ball Bay. I was, I was surrounded by all of the people who loved him and knew him, which, I mean, yeah, it's, it was just so unique and incredible. Well, you, you're, you are no stranger. Here, here you are. Let me see if I can get this up here. This is, here you are as Bob Marley. Right there. There you are. And he had a very distinct... He had a very distinct uh, way of dancing. Like, he had a very distinct, had his own style, but you're no, you're no stranger to dancing. Here you are dancing with Barbie <laughs> and the other Kens. <laughs> there you are, right there. And I, I'm just curious, what was harder, learning this choreography for the, 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 the pretty big musical numbers, or, or learning to dance accurately like Bob Marley? You know, to be fair, the Barbie dancers, they weren't easy. They took a long time. No, that's why I'm asking. They, they, yeah, they're very did, impressive. They did take a long time, but we had we had great choreographers on Barbie who, you know, we just did a lot of hours. But Bob, Bob's done, I, before I auditioned for Bob, I remember there was a performance of him doing War at the Rainbow Theatre in London, and I would kind of, I got stuck on it for three or four days because it was, it was just something about the performance at the Rainbow Theatre that's just magnetic. And I, I remember distinctly going, I don't know what's going on there, but there's something really powerful and otherworldly. And it was clear that as an artist, I was like, he's tapping into something, you know, mm -hmm. something higher. And as Bob would always say, you know, it's about something higher. Um, Did you have to tap into something higher to play that? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, we, sp- we spent a long time just kind of... He's really difficult to figure out in terms of movement because he's, he's never choreographed or rehearsed. Mm-hmm. And we, we spent months and months kind of studying him. Austin and I were just talking about because we had the same choreographer, Polly. And, uh, but, yeah, we did, a, we did a lot of work on how I dance. And so Polly was trying to figure out how I danced, and then so we could see how it was different to how Bob danced. And we worked out that I was, you know, I had to sort of spend hours pretending I was dancing, I was going out in a club, and she figured out that I'm really gangly. So, like, <laughs> so when I dance, I, I kind of, I bounce, and I throw my arms everywhere, and she was saying that Bob doesn't do that. It's really kind of deceptive. He's much more still, and she's yeah, a better yeah. dancer than me, basically. Yeah. Um, did you, did you study oh, yeah. at Guildhall School of Dramatic Arts in London? Did you study dance there as, as part of your training? Yeah, we did. We did We did do a lot of that. We did a lot of, we did a lot of stuff there. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, we did a lot of dance. I remember I, I loved um, Italian Renaissance, surprisingly. Really? We did, like, four... What kind of dances? Like, uh, it, kind of like the lobster quadrigil or, like, what the, the tarantello and things like they that? They were really physical. It was almost like, it was like, it was like macho ballet. Oh. And it was just really hard, and yeah. a lot of us really got into it. So we did that, and we did musical. We did all, you know. We did did you all think you'd stuff. be doing this much music? No, no, no. I can't. I can't. When, when, when the audition for Bob came, I was like, "Does anyone know I can't sing, and I'm not a dancer?" And me and Bob are just. There's no, I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't understand. You know. Um, that could be terrifying. It was a bit. It was a bit. And one of the audition scenes was, you know, to sing and play the guitar. So I just didn't do it, you know? I just, I was, I was, there's no point doing it. Before because... I play the guitar, yeah. let me just tell you what I, I think. I like the scene where he's just talking. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of the vibe. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't. That, I, that was what was really different about Bob was that he's a, he's a musical genius, you know? And that was really, I guess, there's something quite dangerous about that. I was like, I have no idea what's going on here, but let's have a go, let's try and... One of the reasons I asked you about, like, what's it like to, like, as an artist to, to see, like, this is the spot where that thing was created or something. When I, when I see, like, the handwritten lyrics of Paul Simon or, mm. or Paul McCartney or something like that, or if I go to the place where I knew that thing was created, I always feel like it's an accusation that I'm not trying hard enough. Right. You know, is, right. there, is there anything that you're going to bring, that you're going to keep from this, this, this your knowledge you of mean, Bob? Sorry? What do you mean, sorry? You, <laughs> well, I think when I, see, when I see, this is the place where someone created that thing. And yeah. when, when you actually see the place and you see the handwriting, you go, oh, a human being did that. Something didn't exist. And, and then, then they, this beautiful yes. thing that changed my life did exist because that person took action in that moment and wrote that 100%. thing. 100%. It's like the beauty of the world accuses you of hiding your own beauty. You know, like, it's the same way. That is as beautiful to me as seeing that. It's an awe-inspiring as a sunset or a mountain or something right. like that. And I take it as an accusation that I am not trying hard enough <laughs> in my own work. Yeah. I'm curious, what are you going to take away from being Bob? For Bob, yeah, where he worked, you know, that was what was really clear. You know, I spoke to a lot of the, you know, Neville Garrick, Bob's close friend and artistic director. Yeah. Uh, he did all of Bob's album covers and stuff. Yeah. He was with us on set every day. Yeah. And he was, he was in the house in Oakley Street in Battersea when Bob was uh, composing Exodus. And he sat in the room with... But we lost Neville recently, um, rest in peace. He was, uh, he was with us every day. But he sat in the room and wrote down the lyrics for Bob as he was composing. Mm. And Neville was with me every day on set. Mm. And Neville had the book and he said he sold it a couple of years ago and he regrets it because he had all of Bob's lyrics yeah. down. But I, 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 I couldn't... 
I'd be doing scenes and I'd be like, Neville, you were here. You were here in this scene. You were here, like you were on, you were on stage with Bob. Like, so he was my, he was my point, you know. Every Sunday, me and Neville would talk for, for, for hours sometimes. And it was trying to understand, you know, the family made it clear to me that they wanted to make a film about Bob that was gonna share a much more personal side to him. He's a hero all around the world and he's this icon. There's this idea of Bob that we all have. But Bob is a father and Bob is a man and what he was going through at the specific time, 1976 to 78, when there was a, a, an assassination attempt on him and the band and he had to leave and go to London and that's where the album of Exodus was created. And what Neville told me was that within 12 weeks, they were up and running after the shooting. So there was this trauma and the kind of, this, this, the idea of kind of displacement and this intense uh, creative frenzy that they were all on. And Neville told me that Bob wasn't messing around at that time. You know, it was like, they were up at five, they were running in the cold, they'd come back, they'd play a little bit of football, they'd come back and then they were in the studio from three till three, they'd sleep two, three hours, they'd be up again, they'd be doing the same thing. And that's just how it went. And I guess from, but that's one thing I, I took from Bob is if you ever think that you've worked hard or you're working hard, like Bob worked, you know. He was a, I don't want to call him a workaholic, but he was a workaholic. And, uh, There's no substitute. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kingsley, thank you so much for nice being one. here. Thank you. Bob Marley, One Love is in theaters on February 14th. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus, starting May 1st.